Welcome to the Author to Authority podcast. I'm Kim Thompson-Pinder, the extraordinary word ninja and founder of RTI Publishing, where we work with you to ghostwrite and publish your signature book that will double your business by attracting clientele and position you as the go-to expert in your niche. Next, we will show you how to use your book to make lead generation and conversion a snap while building an audience. My guests include professionals, entrepreneurs, and coaches who use their skills to build people powerfully. They will share their story and powerful tips that will help you live better. They will also share their writing journey and how it has impacted their life and the lives of their readers. If you've ever wondered if writing a book makes a difference, then this podcast is for you. Welcome to the Author to Authority podcast. And today, believe it or not, is going to be Kim and Winita's kind of last official podcast together for 2020. Can you believe that, Winita? Like, we're, we're just about through the year. <laughs> I am been enjoying, I've been enjoying myself so much, Kim, that I just can't wait for the next one. It, it's been a weird year. Some people have said that uh, 2020 has flown by. I don't know that I'd be the one to say that, but I've been someone who's had a small child at home. So, <laughs> well, For me, there was parts of the year that just like slowed down to a crawl. Yes. Like that, you know, when COVID first hit those first three or four months, but then summer kind of hit and then, you know, kind of get into fall. And it's kind of like now the time's like flying by. Yeah. You know, yeah, and I, I keep checking my calendar and going, oh, it's only, it's only the 7th. Why does it feel like the 18th? I'm like, we're getting to that, racing to the finish line. <laughs> exactly. I know. And then I'm, I'm working on, on the book and I'm like, okay, you know, planning for January. And I'm thinking, man, like that's only a few weeks away. I'm like, ah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's just, it's been probably a crazy, crazy, crazy year. And amen to that. (laughs) (laughs) And the thing is, everybody was like, oh, 2021. But the reality is, is that, you know, we're still going to be in this in 2021. Yes. You know, at the beginning of this, everyone's like, oh, a couple of months, it'll be gone. Now mm-hmm. it's like, a couple of years, it'll be gone. <laughs> I think the, the one thing, meme that uh, kind of put a chill in my heart was uh, this photograph of this person um, looking at the calendar on New Year's Eve. And it, it was like a digital calendar, and it's 12 31 2020 and instead of being 0101 2021 it goes 01 13 2020 it's like (laughs) 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 you like what you got plenty more where that's coming from oh no (laughs) but even though this has been a really strange year i think something that's important for entrepreneurs is the fact that you need to keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. So many people stopped when COVID hit and they lost momentum. And even now, some businesses, you know, are not gaining the momentum back. Uh, you know, there's one business locally. Uh, I'm a knitter or crocheter. You can't see my whole office, but my office has a fair amount of yarn in it because I love to knit and crochet. And one of our local stores 
actually had to close down because of COVID, like she did. And then um, she hasn't opened back up since. She's only been doing online and pickup at her door. And throughout the summer into the beginning of fall, we had no cases where we live. Like we had none. And she, she wouldn't open. She would not open for, for fear of COVID. And I could understand that if you're living in an area where like there's a fair amount or, you know, um, like now we're starting to get some cases here. But, you know, she was just so driven by fear that she missed the opportunity to be open all summer. And I mean, I would have been in there buying a lot of yarn. I don't like buying yarn online. I can't feel it. I can't feel the texture. I, I, you don't get a true sense of the color because you're looking through, you know, the screen of the camera that she took the picture with, filtered through my screen, which has its own adjustments, right? So it's kind of like, ah. but she was, she was living her life in fear. And I think as an entrepreneur, you know, you cannot... You cannot live in fear. Yes, sometimes you have to adjust. And even though I'm not big on the word pivot, there is that element that, you know, many of us had to pivot. But I think, you know, going into 2021, I think there's an opportunity here. And so that's why today we're going to be talking about making a content plan for 2021. So before I get into it, Winita, any thoughts you want to share? I am totally here for planning. I'm all on board with planning. Let's get to it. <laughs> I knew she was going to say there that. There was a twinkle <laughs> in my eye when I saw the uh, topic for this podcast. I was like, oh yeah, mama like. <laughs> so if, you, if you want to see it, you can watch this on, on YouTube, but her eyes are sparkling right now. You just use the word plan, planner, planning, and she's like, Ooh, and she's holding up her beautiful planner at this moment. So this is, this is one. One I'm, of. <laughs> one of. Maybe at the end of the episode, I will do a little ooh for my other, my 2021 planners. And <laughs> I belong to a Facebook group for planners. I, <laughs> I am not alone in loving this. So I can guarantee you, you're going to get wise advice. And we've been playing around with some different names for Winita, and we quite haven't gotten the one that we really like yet. But I guarantee you, we will find it in 2021. And when we do, we will announce it on the Author to Authority podcast. But content is an incredibly important part of you building your business and becoming that authority in your niche. And most people don't understand the power of content and they look at it as something they have to do so first of all the main reason to post content is to gain momentum and most people don't realize that and the only way to gain momentum is to be consistent <sighs> i hear that word and i'm kind of like <sighs> it's like discipline <sighs> self-discipline yes it's <laughs> <laughs> and Juanita's <laughs> mind wanders in a in inappropriate direction, but that's uh, <laughs> I think consistency tends to make me think of like the Pillsbury Doughboy, and when you poke yourself in the tummy and you go, "Hmm, my consistency is a lot less firm <laughs> since 2020 COVID tummy," and 
I bake banana bread. <laughs> We're in lockdown. I bake banana bread. <laughs> Got bananas looking pretty brown. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm paying attention. So today's going to be the fun episode uh, with a few serious moments in there. But here's the thing. Content, creating and posting content is a long-term game plan. This is something that you kind of do in the background that you slowly build over time. And it's one of those things like planting bamboo. Now, I don't remember how many years bamboo stays in the ground. So think of this, you plant bamboo, seven years, for seven years you see absolutely nothing. Nothing. Mm. More nothing, more nothing still. <laughs> I mean, how many bamboo farmers gave up before their harvest? How many bamboo farmers got told, oh, it must be nice to be a bamboo farmer because obviously you have nothing to do all day. <laughs> exactly. But the thing is, is that then that seventh year hits. And in an incredibly short space of time, this bamboo goes from nothing to what, tens of feet? Yep, 10, 12 feet. The bamboo literally grows like over an inch an hour. So you can practically see that happening, that kind of growth. <laughs> like, whoa. Yeah, it's not like watching the paint dry. <laughs> so, snack and well. And the same thing's going to happen with your content. Now, I'm not saying it's going to take seven years for you to start seeing results from your content, but it is going to take a period of time. How long? I do not know. But when it takes off, it takes off fast. And so you have to have that consistency there. It, it's like building this library of content that over time, it's kind of like you've just got so much out there that something has to happen. You know, you're in so many places now that you're starting to see results. And when you have that library of content, it's also social proof. If you want to be the authority, you need to have a library of content that people can see. And the consistency also proves that you're the expert that knows what you're talking about. Now, here's something else about having regular content is it allows you to test what resonates with your market and you get to do it for free. So I was thinking about it this morning. Over the summer, Staples had invited me to do a series of online virtual events for their customers. And, you know, I had been working through revamping the, um, the outline for author to authority. And I had come up with some really great stuff, had gotten a lot of clarity. But doing those summits over the summer into the fall laid such an incredible foundation for the book that now I'm writing the book and you know it's a chapter I'm doing a chapter every day to two days when I'm writing and even that it's not even you know one to two full days I'm fitting in writing around running RTI publishing having that content and having created that content created clarity. And I also doing that content live allowed me to really gauge what was resonating with the people and I was doing it live. So, you know, I was seeing the comments, getting immediate feedback. So that has really helped 
in creating the book. It allowed for you to fine tune your focus and get get the, uh, as you say, gauge, but but get a sense of what was important to your your potential client. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, did you have anything else you wanted to share on those thoughts? Because I know you you make yourself notes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. If you watch the video, you can probably see me nodding my head and kind of ducking down. That's me writing in my planner. Um, (laughs) uh, One thing I was thinking about with this is uh, that your audience becomes fans by regular interaction. And you think about your friends. Who are you closest to? The ones that you talk to on a regular basis. Or like Kim and I, we are in contact multiple times during the day. We're either texting emailing or talking on the phone and more now we do zoom calls because then we can go hey what about this we can see that interaction and i think that you have to have this mindset that you're changing your audience from potential customers potential clients into fans that you're building a relationship with them and if it's if it's a proper relationship there's going to be give and take on both sides it's not just going to be you monologuing to an audience 100% of the time don't think that you're being a nuisance or a pest this was something that i had to get over myself i think that it might be sort of a a variation of imposter syndrome but your clients signed on to an email list or they joined your Facebook group or they follow you on Instagram and you can be caught by that imposter syndrome and think, oh, I better not overdo it with my content because then I'll be bugging them. They'll be saying, unless you are spamming them with hourly emails, you're probably fine because, you know, they did say yes, they want to hear from you. And I know that, uh, on Instagram in particular, there's some planner companies and stationary companies. I I know it's advertising and it's just, you know, like boutique type photos, but I don't care. I like seeing artistic photos of fountain pens and uh, ink swatches. And I love seeing what people do in their planners and journals and notebooks with these items because it inspires me. So yes, it's a type of advertising, but your advertising doesn't have to be ho-hum. It can be inspirational as well. So I think that if you think about how your content is going to inspire your clientele, that will probably be a different feeling than if you're just like, gotta sell, gotta sell, gotta sell. If you want to, I got to get them excited like I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I think that's a real shift. Uh, you brought up that important point. You know, your content, most of your content should not be about selling. Most of your content should be about developing relationship. The other thing when it comes to social media is such a small percentage of people see what you post anyway. So you could probably post five, 10 times a day and still not annoy people because most of them may only see one thing you post. Now, I'm not saying you have to post five to 10 times a day. Uh, (laughs) That might feel a little overwhelming for someone at the very beginning of this game, right? (laughs) But I'm just saying, don't be be afraid about overposting. Now, emails, sometimes emails can get annoying. Um, You know, I find 
people that are like emailing me like every day and it's a lot of just buy my stuff, buy my stuff. After a while, I just, I unsubscribe because I, I'm not interested in that. But, you know, if I'm getting emails once or twice a week, they're informative, you know, they've got a little bit of selling at the end. Those are the ones that I tend to open and read. Mm-hmm. Because you know you're getting something of value out of it. You're getting some knowledge. You're getting some inspiration. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it is different on something like Facebook or Instagram. There's, I think with an email, part of it is that it's directed to a little more directed to you. And then when I know I've opened up emails and I thought, oh, I've, they've noticed me, they actually, and then I read a little further, and it's like, no, they've just got a boilerplate and plugged my name in, and they really don't care, you know, Juanita, you'll be excited about this, and it's like 20% off something, no, I don't get excited till 40 or plus percent, <laughs> then, then you've got my attention, baby, you know, <laughs> don't waste my time with 20 piddly percent, oh the algorithm's gonna love that right (laughs) and and here's the thing with emails too right like you know some people get discouraged because they don't get high email open rates well you know you should do some research on the statistics of of open rates for emails i mean if you're if you're getting 20 to 30 percent open rate that's actually pretty decent Mm -hmm. you know so and the thing is, too, is, is that by examining your open rates over time uh, and actually getting rid of the people who are not opening your emails, you actually refine things down so that it becomes really good market research as well. So let's go on to the next point, and that is consistency is hard. <laughs> it's why you need a game plan, and that's what we're going to spend the rest of this podcast talking about is how are you creating that game plan? Here's the thing. It has to be one that you can follow. Um, Have I been consistent? Somewhat. Even with the podcast, you know, there's been a few times that things have just gone through a little rough times and, you know, I've missed posting an episode or something like that. So been working on getting that consistent twice a week. Here's the biggest thing about having that game plan. It has to be one that you can follow. So don't think of this great, big, grandiose plan. You know, if you do not have hours a day to dedicate to this, then you're better to have a game plan that takes 10 to 15 minutes a day and you do maybe one action over several media than to try and have this great big content game plan that you don't follow. So in my notes, I said, you know, you're better to have a plan with fewer actions that's done consistently than a lot of actions done sporadically. And that's my delicious word for today, sporadically. <laughs> uh, so your thoughts, my friend. Well, this is going to seem maybe a little bit of a contrast. I think it depends a little bit on how you function well as a planner. Uh, just I'm going to say, you're saying do something of actions done for 15 minutes a day, whereas I, I'm comparing this to my menu planning. Uh, when I looked at this, I was like, oh, this is just like how I do my menu, menu planning. When when I first started menu planning, I learned how to do it when I was uh, rooming in college with uh, a bunch of housemates. We had a regular 
assignment of duties and we'd have two people who went grocery shopping, two people who would do the cooking and another two people would do the dishes. And so we'd always have a weekly menu and we'd have a discussion about what we might like or the two people who were doing the cooking would do the weekly menu. And I carried that over into our home life and home planning. And what I found was that if I did two weeks of meal planning, it, it was almost the same amount of time of sitting and thinking, plugging in two weeks worth of menu planning as it was sitting and thinking. So I didn't want to have uh, like 15 minutes every day of thinking, well, what will I have for supper? What will I have for supper? Because that um, effort of kickstarting my brain every time to think of that is not what you want to have with your content plan. So that aspect of the planning, I would say, if you can front load several uh, ideas at once, now when I menu plan, I do the entire month. I know it sounds, it maybe it sounds a little bit anal, but the we plug in our meals for the month, and um, then when we go grocery shopping, it's really easy to make our list right so if you plug in your content plan for how you're going to do your emails or whatever your social media posts i would say spend two hours dedicate two hours to planning your entire month and then it's so much easier to do those actions because now i'm not thinking about what am i doing i'm just like oh today's is uh is facebook day yeah. and wednesday is email day that is how i would so that's my um slight modification is that i don't want to be doing it every day i want to think of it dedicated days for doing x yeah i agree with you and we hadn't really talked about that yet i was i was thinking more about the fact that you know once you have that game plan together you know, you're better off to plan a smaller game plan of maybe a 15 minutes a day of action, you know, as opposed to, you know, you've got this big game plan that takes you a long time that, that you don't do every day. So, you, you know, just feel guilty. Yeah. You, yeah. Don't, you don't need to make yourself feel, feel bad. There's a lineup of people who will step in and do that job for you. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, here's the thing, like everybody kind of works differently, but I agree with you. You should have a plan ahead of time of what you're going to do and then, you know, figure out, you know, how you can do it each day. Right. So, you know, some people like to plan out the whole month, some people every two weeks, some people every week. Right. So it just depends mm -hmm. on, on how you work and your flow on that. But I think, you know, you should at least have your week, you know, by Saturday, you should have at least your next week's content figured out and, and what it is that you want to post. But you're better off to have, you know, a list of small actions that you do consistently every day than a big list that maybe you only do once a week. Yeah, so. yeah, because that takes, a, that takes a major amount of time away from working on your business. At that point. Exactly. And because content is such a, a long-term game plan, you know, you don't want to be devoting hours of it to a day. You know, you want to be devoting minutes, mm -hmm. you know, maybe that 10 to 20 minutes a day, you know, it's something you can get up and quickly do, or, you know, especially with your social media and even with your emails and your blog posts, 
you know, you can, you can maybe set out, you know, a two hour chunk of time, one day a week, create it all. And then, you know, put it into schedulers. I love schedulers. Yeah. I know you but. <laughs> but again, you know, you've got to figure out what works for you, like, and what works for your schedule and that some people can maybe devote that two hour chunk of time, get it all done for the week, you know, and other people may, you know, have to do that 10, 15 minutes a day. So it's about figuring out what works, works best for you. Mm-hmm. So what should be in your content plan? Well, for me, the three big ones are social media, emails, and blog posts. And you want to know something pretty cool? Lay it on me. <laughs> if you do your blog post properly, it actually pretty well writes your email and you, have a, you pretty well have most of what you need for your social media content as well. So that's a little hint and tip for you there. Because people start off with the social media first. And then they, they try to write the emails and they write the blog post last. Blog post is your long form content. Social media is your short form content. Your email is your medium form content. And so by writing the longest one first, it allows you to really clarify your thoughts. And then you can chunk that into pieces that you use in your emails and your social media. Well, that's brilliant. That's um, so much easier doing it that way. I love that. The other thing that gives you is it it allows you to have the emails and social media post uh, point back to the blog post that created it all. Because um, if I'm not regularly following the blog, then I might see it on Facebook. Oh, there's, um, there's a blog post or there's a video on YouTube about something that I really care about. I better go and check that out. Mm-hmm. And because maybe there's just um, a bite-sized snack of information on social media and I want more, then I'm excited because I can go to to other places to find out more about it. Exactly, exactly. You know, so when you're looking at social media, you've got your posts, you can do lives. A lot of the platforms now you can do lives on. So that's, again, you know, and if you're going to do a live, make it short and sweet, less than five minutes, right? Because most people, if you don't catch them right at the beginning, they zone out anyway. Now, if you're doing interviews with people, that's different. That's sort of like your long form lives. But if it's just you talking, don't go on and on and on forever. Get to the point, get to the point quickly, you know, do things, have something that really grabs attention from right from the beginning, you know, in your introduction, you know, give it about a minute for people to come on, then go right into your material and make it impactful and do not drone on because there's nothing worse than watching a Facebook live. And all you're thinking is blah, 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 turn off. <laughs> I was once one of the uh, best uh, speakers I heard uh, a minister. He said, telling a sermon is a lot like drilling for oil. Once you've hit that oil, Stop boring. (laughs) And the whole service was like, I think that was maybe a 15 minute talk or whatever. So I was like, this has been with me for 10 years. That guy, (laughs) I'm not sure what all else was in it at this point, but that stayed with me. (laughs) (laughs) And and so that kind of actually proves the point of content 
is the fact that over time, as you do it, as you refine it, as you get stronger at it, you're going to say those things that impact someone that they don't forget. And that's when you've, your content has really done what it's supposed to do. Because now you're in that person's memory. Mm-hmm. And are you there all the time? No, but the right word says is said, and all of a sudden they remember you. And that's why you create that good, strong content. Now, your blog post should be probably 500 to 750 words, maybe 1,000. But I, we find that that 500 to 750 is a good range. It's enough that you can add some nice meat to the blog post, but it doesn't go on and on. It's a quick read that people can do in about five, 10 minutes, depending upon your speeding, your I was going to say speeding read. You're reading speed. (laughs) You can even create a theme for the month, break it down. You know, it depends upon your content. But, you know, that blog post should create that weekly theme for the week that you kind of pull different angles from in your social media. Try to post once a day on social media. And you don't have to post on every single social media because that, that takes a lot of time. Either that or you have to have expensive scheduling software to post on all of them. But figure out, let's say one, two, maybe three, that you have the greatest impact on, that you get the most engagement on. And then those are the ones that you post consistently on. You know, for me, that's Facebook and LinkedIn with a little bit of Instagram. Um, I find Instagram inconvenient because I got transfer everything to my phone, then I've got to put it in. Whereas Facebook, LinkedIn, copy, paste, boom, bam, you know, I create one post, it's in several places, you know, very quickly. And by doing that, you also refine your message. So here's one thing, a little case study for you. Um, Larry Levine, if you're watching the video, you can see Selling from the Heart back there. One of our favorite clients, he started out just for, I think it was a year or two years straight, he just wrote blog posts. And so when we went to work on his book, he already had a content library. He was already relatively well known because of these LinkedIn um, articles he wrote every week, but it made writing the book faster, stronger, better. And now we're starting book, going to be starting book two. Yay, so excited. And he's already got a library of content for, for us to work from. And so, you know, your content is multi-purpose. And we only talked about a little bit about the purposes of content today. And maybe we'll do another um, uh, podcast episode on, you know, how to use your content. But today I just wanted to focus in on creating that plan for 2021. So take some time over your Christmas break. Get January planned out. You know, you're going to have some quiet times, some down times. Uh, I think especially this year, you know, with everything going on, I, you know, I don't, hopefully people aren't as visiting as much, you know, not gathering in large groups. Um, I'm hoping our area doesn't go to what's considered red, which means we'll be pretty well in lockdown and might not be able to celebrate a real true Christmas. I'm kind of hoping we can still have our small family group together. And I do mean small, um, but we'll see what happens. But, you know, I, I have time over Christmas to plan and think mm-hmm. and dream. And so I'm going to be putting my content plan together probably for the first three months of the year. And then that way, all I've got to do is, you know, look at it, 
rate it and follow it. Any final thoughts, my friend? You want to see my 2021 planner? <laughs> <laughs> so we'll have to describe it for those who are listening. Ooh, blue, blue leather-like. Yeah, it's um, a daytimer desk folio. Um, pardon me, not folio. Desk size. I like this because the inner pages are eight and a half by five and a half. I find that that's uh, easy to get all I need down for um, my personal planning is about that half page size is really good. And I have just a few um, monthly, month at a glance, month on two pages at this point. But yes, I'm looking forward to uh, getting my new planner set up for 2021. And I do have a couple others, but I think I'll just show you that one. <laughs> it's, uh, it is really something I find helpful for organizing my thoughts, organizing my workday. And I think that uh, some of our listeners might find that a layout like that is helpful for them for planning their content. Um, if you look up printable PDF calendars on Google, that allows you to make your own personal calendar on a single page. And that would be ideal for helping you to write down your blog posts and uh, your email schedule for the month. And that's probably my helpful tip is, yeah, look up printable PDF calendar. So I'm going to share something with you, Manita, and the audience, but I didn't, I actually didn't tell you this yet, but I've been working on the author to authority planner to go with the book. And I'm also going to include a content planner in it. All right. So you get the book, you can get the planner and be able to schedule your social media and your blog posts and your email content. So if you've been enjoying this today, like I've been telling you throughout, my book, Author to Authority, is coming out in January. I'd love to give you a free excerpt of it. The feedback on it has been really good. And maybe the next episode, I'll share some feedback with you. But if you really just want to get a sense of what it takes to become that authority in your niche, go to www.authortoauthority.com forward slash get dash the dash book. So this has been Winita Witten Radko and Kim Thompson Pinder on the Author to Authority podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you on the very next episode. Bye now. Bye bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Author to Authority podcast. I have a free gift for you. I'd like to invite you to download a sample of my newest book, Author to Authority, coming out this year. If you enjoy the podcast, you will enjoy learning how becoming an author can change not only your life, but your business as well. Go to www.authortoauthority.com forward slash free dash sample. So that is www.authortoauthority.com forward slash free sample. Have a great day and stay safe. Thank you.